Help is in the way, TV. Great, Scott. I feel need, need for speed. Cowabunga, dude. You're a wizard, Harry. Welcome to the When Harry Met Movies podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our ha- Welcome to Harry Met Me podcast. My time is dad, dad. Stumbled a bit, right? Yes. Um, hi, Harry, how are you? Good. So, this is going to be our Valentine's Day special. Yes. So, we are joined by. Kat and Rich from Don't You Want Me podcast. Hello, how are you guys? Good, thanks. How are you? Well. Good, yeah, we're good. Um, yes, yeah, so this is going to go out just before Valentine's. Um, and it's actually, well, I, we're going to say we'll film it straight away because um, it's in the title, so it doesn't really make much difference. Uh, so we picked When Harry Met Sally. And obviously, that's why we got you guys on because we thought, you know, this is what you specialise in, relationships and movies. Um, and also... It's essentially the podcast name where it came from. So we thought it'd be a nice one to actually do as like a on a special date. Oh, thank um, you so much for having us. We're really pleased to be on. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Um so for the listeners, tell us about yourselves, tell us about your podcast, how it came about. Take it in turns, talk over each other, do whatever you want. Well, Rich had a fantastic podcast called Betamax Video Club and he very kindly invited me on as a guest and we had a great time talking about some movies on that one. We did A Fish Called Wonder and we did Moonstruck and we did a few other ones as well like Wayne's World and we noticed I think that when we were having chats about those movies that quite often um, if a movie has a really um, great central relationship that's really entertaining, really fun, that can be something that you know is really worth kind of exploring there do you think so rich was that it really yeah because we we did quite a few episodes and um i think we we got on so well i suppose that the central relationship in that podcast became well us and we (laughs) decided to to do our own one and we were kind of looking for a theme that was a little bit different and you know there's so many film podcasts and it's important to find that angle that that makes you unique and um and yeah, that was what we came across. And we look at things, we we look at a wide variety of films. So we have, there's always a relationship or, or several relationships in there, but it's everything from Bond films back to classic movies from the 30s. We've had uh, Fever Pitch recently where we talked essentially about a man's relationship with a football club, uh, friends, family, all sorts, and, and looking for what's fun about those. I don't think we've done one about a, a father and a son yet, have we? No, I don't think we have. No, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, because when I first heard about your podcast, I can't remember how I found it. Um, it's I assumed it was going to be always like a love relationship, but it necessarily isn't. So like, I remember, I think the first one I listened to was um, I Love You, Man. Mm. Oh, yeah, great yeah. film. Yeah, well, I mean, which is completely not about that at all, is it? Relationship is nothing. I know there is a marriage in it, but that's not what the film's about at all, is it? It's about best mates well someone be trying to get a best mate essentially yeah well I think that was quite important to both Rich and myself that it wasn't just romantic relationships that we were going to cover because sometimes you can have really fascinating relationships about friendships in movies and um yeah all, all just different or even maybe you know enemies and you know that they they can be positive ones and negative ones there's just so much to explore there good good so as I've stated, we're doing When Harry Met Sally. Now, this is where Harry likes to challenge our guests to recap the plot. When did this one come out? It came out in 1989. So how many lines will you give them to recap the plot? Four. Four? I'm like, oh. So generous. You can do it between you or one of you can take the lead, however you wish. I can kick off if you like, Rich, and then maybe... Yeah, you go. Okay. Uh... I've got something this time. Harry and Sally meet when they drive from the University of Chicago to New York City. Harry has been dating Sally's friend, Amanda, and they part ways when they finish their journey. Five years later, they run into each other and strike up a friendship. Or is it something more? That's quite yeah. basically the plot of the yeah. film. <laughs> so well, that was quite good, wasn't it? Yeah. Maybe it was intrigued me. I've only watched it the other day, but you know, it's still intrigued us. Um, so what do you guys think of this film? I, I think um, th- this is one that is, I suppose, a, a classic of 
the the romantic comedy genre and obviously the the, the romance is a one part of it but as a comedy it's I mean it's it's a classic it's one of the ones that we always talk about I mean we haven't done an episode about it because we were almost too scared how do we how do we broach it but um it's um it's just so well written it's so well made the the two leads in there and, and it is amusing to see how they age over the course of I think it's 12 years from from start to finish but it's so and again we're, we're trying to put ourselves both as as adults here and and also for 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 Harry's point of view and that um I I don't know how old I was when I first saw it but now as, as someone in my 40s it's um it's easy to to look at now and kind of some of it and, and well a lot of it is actually very relatable and um and I think yeah we don't live in New York and we don't have these kind of massive apartments and everything but a lot of the the circumstances and the the things that they go through in their lives we can look at and think yeah something similar has happened to me at some point <laughs> yeah I think that's definitely true it's it's really funny this film like the performances are really funny and the script is really funny I also really quite like how there aren't that many characters in it I like how sort of concise it is there's only sort of like four major players really in this movie and I quite like that um Harry did you find it funny a bit a bit of it there's bits you didn't quite get yeah humor um for, for famous scene, he didn't quite yeah. understand completely. Um, but there was, you were definitely laughing a bit. Yeah, I liked the bits where, like, you had those cobbles, and there was one I'm pretty sure that it, the, the, like, the old the woman was saying, like, keep saying to the man what happened. You think you keep them forgetting that movie, but chuckled. Oh, like the little, um, yeah, the little, when they sat down, stuff. The little like meet cute things that they've into, yeah, that they break the film up with, don't they? And one of them was where like a woman keeps telling the husband what happened because he, oh, yeah, he's telling the story and then she keeps interrupting, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah, so. I think that's one of them. I yeah. don't know when that was, I think you you didn't really know what to expect from this film because yeah. it was just kind of one said look we're doing this because I think it's a good one to do for now. I can't look at the title without thinking of a podcast name. That was the whole point of. The whole that's where it came from. Actually, I can't even take credit for our podcast name. I just asked people on Facebook and because it was about it was Harry watching films, someone just came straight back with it within like five minutes. I was like, okay. Oh, it was a great title. Yeah. I thought I was like, I can't see anyone beating this. <laughs> yeah, I, I really love those little bits with the couples as well that are in in the movie. Apparently with that, they interviewed real life couples that have been together for ages and then they got actors in to, to recreate kind of what they've said. So I think that's why it's so realistic, those bits, isn't it? It's because and so funny is because, you know, it really mimics how people who've been together for a long time do actually talk to each other. So, yeah, they're really good, those bits. Yeah, I quite like it. I think that's how I am. Like you say, I think it, it breaks up the kind of breaks up the timeline a bit, doesn't it? That's how they, yeah. they sort of slot them in. And I heard that it was like real couples. I'm surprised they didn't actually just film the real couples, but maybe. Privacy. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they went acted as well. Sure. Although they're more offensive. <laughs> couples would argue more, I think. Yeah, probably. So, what sort of scenes did you like, Harry? Other than. Um, I think the car seems funny when they're just in the car and they keep they keep them trying to talk through it. And he he, he babbles a lot. Yeah, he? he does babble. Yeah, when he spit the grapes at the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those up... things. Oh, sorry. You go, you go. Now, so when you go on a road trip and there is that thing about the the awkward silence, and it's the same. I mean, with you're in a road trip or combined space or even at work. That there's always this kind of temptation you've got to fill that silence and the fact that these two are I don't know how old they're meant to be there I mean they're the world's oldest looking 19 20 year olds I suppose I assume, but they must be leaving uni I assume is the thing so I'm guessing yeah. that must be like sort of 21 22 tops aren't they, they yeah I mean I think uh, Billy Crystal's had a very tough paper around there, isn't he? But um, but uh, he's um, it, it's great when you see that, and you kind of think, you know, th this branch is a, a huge range of adulthood when you go from that kind of young, early twenties theme in, into your thirties. But um, but when you see them in the car and 
you kind of think about road trips you've taken, whether it's with family or friends or something like that. And, you know, we've all been on those car journeys and at least they didn't start singing or playing I Spy or something like that. But, uh, you know, some of the, the, you know, Harry seems to know everything. And if he is in his early 20s, he's sitting there going, yeah, that, well, this is how life is. This is how life is. And, and you kind of think, how has he learned all this at this point already? Mm. Yeah, so, something I'd be interested to hear Harry's take on is, um, in that scene, Harry talks about how when he starts a book, he likes to read the end of it first, like the last page first, because he likes to find out what happens first. Um, is that the kind of thing that you might do? Do you think, like, if you're starting a story, do you prefer to know where it's going? Or do you well, like the excitement of not knowing where it's going? I like excitement not knowing, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think I'd be a bit more like that too. Because we know, and then you know, like, if a character dies, the main character dies or not, or... Yeah. So like that. So it's like, what's the point of reading the book if you know what's happening at the end? Spoil. Yeah. Spoiler, basically. Yeah. Yeah, because you read the dictionary and you know the zebra did it. It's It kind of gives the whole game away, really, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so who's your favourite character? Not sure. See, that, like um, Kat said, there's only really four main characters. There's only there's two, isn't it? There's Harry and Sally and then they're two friends. Yeah. But when you realise that one of them is Princess Leia, then yeah. you kind of think this is where the universe goes to. So it's um it's a ni- nice gift for people of a certain age. But it's um you, you realise in in these films where um, Bruno Kirby's character was he was the limo driver. I don't know if Harry you've got around to seeing Spinal. This is Spinal Tap yet? No, not yet. Um, no, that was yeah. that's that's a great one. That's a great one. And uh, yeah, Bruno Kirby was the limo driver in that, and um, it was a. Uh, he was in the was in the Godfather two as well. Another one for your list further down the line. But um, yeah, I mean that, that that's just it. You've got the two supporting cast and the fact that because of the way it works with couples and and what halfway through the film or so, they try and set each other up with the other couple. Yeah. And and of course then that's the pairing that takes and goes all the way through to the wedding and and I guess that's kind of one of those things really where the the accidental whether you're being the wingman or the wingwoman or whatever and. They, you end up together and you kind of think that's a chance meeting. But, um, yeah, it's something, uh, I suppose, you, you've got to have lived through that experience maybe just to see the irony in it. I did like his friend, though. I did think he was funny. Did you? Yeah. I just liked did you, it. Did I, you I, like I, the I, table? Oh, the table. It was all right. It, the wheel table. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> You, you're not allowed the wheel table before you ask. Why? Because whenever we see anything in films, you're always like, can I have that? And then usually the guest goes, yeah, let him have it. And then it's like a big debate for like a week. But no, yeah, I wouldn't have had the table. Would you have the table? Possibly. See? I knew you would. Uh, see, the table and the karaoke machine. Yeah, don't I get me karaoke machine. You'll know why. Because all you'll do is get me to try and sing Coolio's. Yeah, no, Dad, if you get a hand machine, you can just max it out at 7 o'clock in the morning and we should get out of bed. Yeah, Harry's not the best in the morning, so I have to sing to him to wake him up. So, <laughs> you can just scream into it and I'll wake up. I quite like the karaoke machine scene. Yeah. And I quite like how it's paid off a bit later on when he's ringing it back because he's messed up and he's like then singing down the phone to him. He liked it so much he went out and bought it. I think that scene captures really well that feeling of when when you're doing something, um, you know, he's he's there singing with her and they're doing something silly and then they run into someone and it's always the person that you run into that you want to look really cool in front of <laughs> that you run into when you're doing something silly like that. I think it captures that that moment quite well. Yeah, because he runs into his ex, doesn't he, for the first time? Yeah, times. yeah. <laughs> so it becomes quite awkward quite quickly. But no, yeah, you're right. That's 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 how things work in life, mate. But um, whenever you do, whenever you're doing something that is probably the least cool thing you've ever done, the one person you don't want to see it will always be the person that sees you. You've got all this to look forward to as you grow up, Harry. That happened to you. Um, is it if your friend said probably? Then if your friend said, "Oh, look, that's the kid who's locked his French teacher in the cupboard." Oh, stop with the French teacher thing. <laughs> We've all I, done embarrassing things, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I've also, uh, I also quite like the um, four-way phone call bit. 
So after they finally yeah. get together, yeah, and then they both ring their best mates, obviously, are together, and they're all on the set. The fact they've got two different phone lines is quite impressive. It's probably it cool. is, isn't it? Because nowadays it'd be mobiles, wouldn't it? Yeah, but you'd be WhatsApping as well. You wouldn't be talking. You'd be That's like true. forwarding and sharing WhatsApp. But you'd, you'd probably be in one group. Yeah, it'd probably be a WhatsApp group. So you'd have to put it up, and you'd probably mess up by putting it in the wrong one. One thing that's quite interesting about that scene is that they didn't cut it together. They had them all on their own separate sound stages, all recording it live, if you see what I mean. So apparently it took them like 50 takes or something because you have to get the timing exactly right. So it's not edited together. So that's quite... Imagine having to do a scene like that that many times. Yeah, they usually they wouldn't do it like that at all, would they? No, it'd be like, like you say, it'd be yeah. like, right, they'd film Billy Crystal's bit, then they'd film yeah, the next... Yeah. Like, whoever's bit Meg Ryan's bit and then they just edit it wouldn't they yeah exactly one, <laughs> one thing I thought Harry might do was um the, the part where you know where they're hitting the baseballs in the cage and the kid is uh harassing yeah. them because he's got was it a bucket of quarters ready to go and the, the guys yeah. are sitting there chatting I, I think that's something they we don't really have in this this country I suppose you can't really go and hunt, um, face cricket balls in the net somewhere. We don't have that kind of thing where the guys, I mean, they they bond over other things. Like here they go to, I think, an American football game and, and things like that. But you know, they, they've got this kid who's probably, what, maybe Harry's age, sitting there listening to these guys talking about their adult lives. It's uh, probably a window into his soul. They've probably scarred him somewhere. <laughs> One thing I'd be interested to hear your take on, Harry, is is the way their friendship goes, because they start off not liking each other, yeah. don't they? It's very, it's quite fractious, and then they kind of move into a different phase of the film where they're getting on a lot better. Do you think that quite often happens when you're making friends with people? You can go, Possibly, go through maybe, because when you get older, you might start liking each other. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of the better relationships start to help us friends. Yeah. I think that. Did you? So obviously, you knew nothing about this film. Did you click that they would become a couple? Yeah, well, it says, well if it's a romantic film, clearly they're going to become a couple. No, not necessarily. They might not end up together at the end. <laughs> Apparently, they weren't going to, in one draft of the script, they weren't going to become a couple. Do you think that would have worked? Maybe. Better that they do. Yeah, probably. Were you rooting for them to become a couple? I didn't mind. Did you like them? I didn't mind them for them. Not, not fussed either way, then. Yeah, not really. I, See, I do. I was quite. I quite. I was quite rooting for them to forget I when I first watched it. I think his friends funny as that. Oh, so you prefer you preferred the other couple? I was rooting for him. So yeah, I think mm. that that's interesting. When, yeah. when the meal, when they go out for a meal, and it becomes very apparent the other two like each other more, mm. like you say when they try to set them up. I think that's um, one of the better scenes of the film because I, I just like how they do that bit where they're like, oh yeah, yeah, just you know, <laughs> let let Sally down gently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get a taxi. I'll share it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's very funny, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I, I had... kind of, yeah. oh, sorry, sorry, Rich. I say we've all had that thing though, where, where they said, "Oh, you're both from New Jersey, aren't you?" Where, and you get that whether you work in the same kind of industry or you're if you go on holiday and you meet someone who's from the same I don't know, country as you. And you go, oh, you're from you? Oh, you must know. Nope, don't know them. I went to Scotland once, and they said, "Oh, do you know Ryan?" I know lots of Ryans. Which one are you talking about? And those kind of things where you're. I mean, I guess relative states. New Jersey is quite large, and. Um, you know, what do they really have in common? Nothing. Yeah, yeah, just because there's some from the same place. I Like, even, like, a place where I live, like, Chester is where I'm originally from. And the second I say I'm from Chester, people go, oh, you must know so-and-so. And you go, not really. No. <laughs> Unless they, like, literally went to my school or were in my group of friends. Nope. Yeah. Daniel Craig is from Chester, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Again, don't know him. <laughs> um Michael Owens from Chester, my cousin played football against him, so that's about as close as anyone famous. Yeah. But I, I, I think that there is quite a strong argument 
to be made for what Harry's saying, which is that if you had to put money on one of these couples to live happily ever after, I think I might go for Marie and Jess as well, you know. I think that they immediately really like each other, don't they, in a way that Harry and Sally take a lot longer, don't they, to get... Like 25 to 30 years. It's like 12 years, it is. Which it clearly isn't, because... Again, how old they are at the end is clearly older than like thirty-five. The they look closer to thirty-five at the beginning of the film. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I think the bit where they um, politely spend the night together, and um, she says, oh, "I'm going to be," she's crying, saying, "I'm going to be 40. and he says, "In eight years." So that's, I think, that's at that point, it's been about eleven years they've known each other, eleven, twelve years. So, so. Um, she she'll be in her early thirties then, but um, but yeah, I think this is this is the thing, and then within that that where they have the talking head at the end, where they're talking about the kind of we we took we got married after three months, you know, and they're sitting there going, and and this is them basically capping off their story, but it's um it's it's nice that you kind of think that they've had that experience and they've they've met and everything, but we don't see Marie and Jess. And we don't see what they do, but they seem to have a more level relationship. And the only argument they have really is about the table. And I don't blame them because that table's ugly. <laughs> the chair is like she mentioned something about a chair, doesn't she? <laughs> Someone like, I've let you have the chair. What do you mean you've let me have the chair? Sort of thing. Well, um, what the bar chairs. Yeah, bar stools or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, the bar stools, yeah. yeah. Um, see, now the director of this. Like um, Rich mentioned another one of his films, he did Spinal Tap. He basically had a really good run where he did like Spinal Tap. I'm not sure of exact orders. Princess Bride's in there, Stand By Me's in there, and this is in there. It's sort of like the four four films sort of back to back in some sort of order, oh. where they're all basically all different types of genre, and you pretty much nailed each one pretty much as good as you're gonna get. He had misery as well, didn't he? Yeah, he had misery after this, which is funny because the bit where Harry's reading the book in his big jumper and his track, that's misery. Mm -hmm. And then after that, he's reading, uh, I think he made A a Few Good Men. So, yeah, not not a bad little run of films. He made like five five or six films where they were basically, in each one was a different type of film. Are we going to watch them all? Uh, We've watched Stand By Me. We've watched Princess Bride. Um. You enjoyed Princess Bride, wasn't as possible. You didn't uh, enjoy Stand By Me as much, I wouldn't say. Uh, no. Spinal Tap is like this, like a a stupid comedy, basically. It's the best way to the point where it's basically it's about a rock band. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like done like a documentary to the point where people thought they were real at one point. Um, I thought they were real because I think the first time I'd heard of Spinal Tap was from the episode of The Simpsons yeah, that yeah. they were in. And then I hadn't seen the film at that point. It was only when I saw the film, I got ah, okay. Um, Misery is like a psychological horror sort of thing. Oh, a few good men. It's like a courtroom drama. I'm not watching that scary film. It's not scary. It's more there's a real like wincing moment. Um, yeah, yeah. Like a real like oh like moment, but um, it's not like a, it's not like a horror film. It's not like you know scary clowns or anything like that. Um, you know, it's about more about someone who captures somebody. I couldn't deal with one of the latest films, which you said weren't scary. The Mummy. That's not scary. It's a jump moments, isn't it? Yeah. So we on the slide that one. No, yeah, you, we're not going to watch Misery. Don't worry, not for a while. But I did watch it. it probably about your age. That's why you don't get scared by Yeah, which is why I don't get scared of horror films. We've touched on this. That's your Auntie Lisa's fault. I realised once, but by the time I was about. I've watched all like like Misery, It, Pet Cemetery, Nightmare on Elf, all of them, Poltergeist, everything, before I made decisions on films, mm. which meant probably before I was Harry's age. Yeah. yeah. The only person that ever show, would have shown me them was my older sister, because she quite liked horror films and still does to this day. But because of that, none of them make me jump. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I came immune to them at a young yeah. age. Um. So now I don't, I don't really watch horror films anyway. No, no, you like to scare me while hiding in my wardrobe. Yeah, now I just make you jump. <laughs> if I hide in my wardrobe and jumping out on me. So, you, so there's a very famous scene in this, which yeah. you you got a bit like embarrassed by. Yeah, you go. 
um, which is recreated so many times and stuff to the point where pe- people go to the delicatessence and sit on the table. Um, had you ever see, seen that on anything? Because you watch a lot on YouTube. I'm surprised it's never no. come up on anything. Obviously, you've never seen a on about where she fakes the orgasm. I've never seen about that. Um, yeah, I didn't think... I wondered whether you would have, because it's one of those where it's like a pop culture quite... Poss- People have seen that scene, but haven't seen the film. Possibly, but I might have forgot. I just wondered if it was something you'd Maybe come across on. Possibly. But I never... I never no, I don't, no, I don't think so. And the, the woman at the end of the scene is Rob Reiner's mum. Yeah. Yeah, the fellow diner, yeah. It's quite interesting. One who says, I'll have what she's having. Yeah. I think that's the thing is the, these, like the, I think I'd heard of the, the clip before I'd seen the film and the, the diners like this and locations in film like this where they become, people will queue for hours to sit at that table and have their lunch there and, and things like that where you, you go to New York and all these things like, oh, that's this film clip from so-and-so. And, and you know, the, the fact that that's real and that is what's memorable about it you know, it's these two people going for lunch. And then when she finishes doing what she's doing, she just carries on and back to my lunch, back to my lovely sandwich and just carries on like nothing happens. And uh, yeah, for, for someone, you know, in the film that she's, I wouldn't say, you know, t- timid or nothing, but she's, that's so out of character for her. She's quite reserved, isn't she? Be. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And, you know, she, she, that's out of character for her. And then just to embarrass him, because he's been bragging and being very confident about his own self. And that's where that comes from. And it's just so out of the ordinary and unusual. And you do wonder if you're there for your lunch, you know, just a random passerby and you're sitting there and listening to that. That's a bit of a lunchtime treat. No one will believe you when you go back to the office and tell them what happened. (laughs) Apparently, uh, Meg Ryan kind of came up with it as well. She was said, oh, I think she should. we should do this. And she came up with a whole, she would fake an orgasm just to prove a point to him. And they wrote, put it into the script. It wasn't actually originally going to be in it. And it's now I, the iconic scene from the film. I think she was going to do it in a much more pared down way. And then Rob yeah, Ryan sort of encouraged her. Yeah, yeah. So I think she found it quite awkward, actually, to, to film when it came down to it. So you can see why. <laughs> Bit self-conscious. Yeah. yeah, there was actually. Um, do you know it wasn't meant to? There was room. They weren't the original choices, were they, for the roles? Did you know that? So, Tom Hanks was up for um, Harry. Tom Hanks from Big. Big, the one where he goes to a little boy. Oh yeah. Um, and then no, we watched Breakfast Club. Yes. No, the popular girl. Yes. She was up for. Sally, which would have been a very different film if those two had. Mm. I don't think it would work with Tom Hanks. No, I think B- Billy Crystal as Harry was spot on because the the elements of, you know, where he's talking and saying, I'm coming down with something, it's a 24-hour tumour, that kind of uh, um, neurotic kind of hypochondriac stuff. If that was Tom Hanks, it would seem a little bit strange. I mean, I mean Big only came out probably the year before this, so it would have been younger and you'd have still imagined that he was the 11 12 year old boy in a tom hanks body sitting there and and doing all that it'd be a little bit hard to kind of get that sense of world weary cynicism Mm, i agree completely i also think billy crystal ad-libs bits doesn't you can tell that some of it's just off the cuff from him um i know like there's bits like when he's doing the voice in the museum and that he was coming up with some of the lines and just saying them on the spot and they were and like Rob Ryan is like just saying, just go with it to Meg Ryan because he was just, um, because that's what he's he's good at doing that sort of stuff. And I don't think Tom Hanks would have done the same sort of randomness and like you say the, about having the tumor, saying he's got a brain tumor and stuff. You probably find some of that wasn't in the script and it was just alternative lines that he just yeah. came up with. So your your favorite is the best is best mate. Yes. Is there someone you, we haven't asked this for a while? Is there someone you'd like to have slapped? <laughs> we, we ask this time again. And it's usually quite surprising who the answer is. I'm trying to think now. Who would you like to slap? Me, Sally. Really? Yeah. And I know we shouldn't do that because it's a woman. 
Oh, um, explain. Just, I think she's the most, she's out the four, because there's only essentially four characters, like you said. And I think she's the most annoying, and there's times when she is quite annoying. And so, especially beginning, more at the beginning, she gets better as it, the film goes on. It's more, she relaxes stuff, and just sometimes you're like, just, just chill down a bit. Mm. Not necessarily slap, but. For me, probably um, Sally's ex. The one when I'm going on the plane. Yes. Wow. Oh, good choice. Then, just because I think he, look, he looks so posh and looks so stupid. Yeah. Quite, <laughs> yeah. He, he was the son of, was it Gerald Ford or Jimmy yeah. Carter, one of them? He was one of the old ex presidents. Yeah, yeah, he's someone's son, isn't he? Or in real life. I'm not sure which one. Or Harry, I'm not sure. Oh, I wouldn't have said you'd pick Harry. That's not because I think just for being a bit stupid. Why is he stupid? <laughs> Because he's sometimes he's actually stupid. But yes, isn't that in a good way sometimes? Kind of. Or do you mean like more when he does stupid things like... Yeah. Well, really, at the end, so when they get together, it's kind of a bit of them both, isn't it? Neither of them... Um, they both kind of act like they wish it hadn't happened. And she doesn't talk to him over it. But he's saying the same as what she's also saying. And she kind of holds that against him a bit. Yeah. Which I found a bit I, strange. I'll bet they get a divorce in the future. I'm betting. <laughs> I'm betting. They make it, if, they, if they did next sequel, I'm betting it'd be about them breaking up or something like that. Yeah, if they'd done a sequel, it probably would have been a divorce. Yeah. yeah. I suppose if you do a grand gesture like that at New Year's Eve, it's kind of memorable. And uh, you kind of think, like, is it all going to be fireworks after that? We're back, back to the normality back into January. So they got married three months later and everything's kind of gone so whirlwind in that three-month period. You do wonder where it would have gone after that. That's interesting, Mark, that you think that they both maybe have um, reservations about it because I've always thought that maybe um, Sally's Sally kind of knows that she's in love with Harry, but that it's Harry that takes a bit longer to figure it out. But I think I, don't know, maybe that's I think they partly I think they both know, but at the same time, I think that bit, that scene where they both say, oh, it shouldn't have happened or whatever. They both say it and I but neither of them mean it. I think they both think the other thing person means thinks it, so therefore they want to be the first to say it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then but she then holds that against him, but she was also saying it too, if that makes sense. Yeah. So she's like, Ben falls out with him because he says, oh, it shouldn't have happened. And she goes, oh, no, that's totally, whichever way around, whoever says it first. But then she holds that against him for the rest of the, like, I don't know, it's only probably another 10 minutes of a film. But as if it's his... Like a day. He was, yeah, like, well, it's, it's meant to be over a longer period, isn't probably it? Probably like a month. Um, yeah, possibly. I think it's more like a month or so. But then, like you say, they both like, they both clearly like each other, but it's just... They'd be a pain. They, I feel that she holds it against him and he's the one that ends up apologising when she said the same thing to him. Yeah. I think when you look at films and, and you're used to your leading man and lady, especially in a, in a romantic movie of that era, and, and we, you go back to the film they refer to a lot in Casablanca, where you've got two really kind of charismatic, well-regarded sort of leading man, leading lady. Here, they're kind of overthinking everything because they're, you know, on one hand, they're kind of thinking, have we ruined our friendship? Because they've been friends for so long and have we done something to ruin it? But also they're just overthinking things because the film allows them to have that moment where it's all in their head and they're thinking about how what they've done will impact the future. Whereas in a film or a lot of the films of this kind that you watch, that's the ending and everything's happy and everything's rosy and that's the, the ultimate moment. But I think they, they just tend to overthink it a little bit and they're almost afraid to kind of admit that they do belong together or that they should be together, that we have to wait until New Year's Eve for that to happen. And um, it is funny because there's little things that we've already heard that Harry doesn't want to hang around, he doesn't like cuddling, and he seems to be freaked out by the fact that Sally has a little file. I mean, I suppose now it would be an iPhone note or something, but she's got the little folder with all the videotapes that she's got 
which is a very sensible way of doing things. But things like that, he kind of goes, what have I done? Yeah. So I didn't think that. I thought he quite liked that, the, the video index thing. I thought it was, maybe I just read it differently than you. <laughs> Do you think they were better as friends than her? Yeah. Do you think that's the key relationship, the friendship, rather than them falling yeah. in love? Yeah, because I'm better. If they didn't, they'll be they'll be the boss then. <laughs> I think they'll be married for like three months and then they'll break up. Mm. I'm betting. Do you think they'd have kids? Probably not. No, I don't think they would either. No, don't know why. This so this is our first romantic comedy or romantic film in any way, but we've uncovered, isn't it? Air quotes. He hates it when I do air quotes. Um, <laughs> I'll do it both your head. But um, so there's been romantic bits in films, but this is yeah. like the first proper romantic comedy. Or um, Is this what you expected from a romantic comedy or do you expect it to be funnier? Funnier. This is probably one of the funnier romantic comedies. I'm trying to think of a better example. Can any of you think, think of one? I mean, this one seems to be more kind of, there's more thinking behind what goes on. And I think there's a lot of kind of the, the characters are thinking about everything. There are rom-coms that we've watched together and, and, and that we're looking at talking about where there are more jokes and, and there are things like, I don't know, whether you look at, we looked at My Best Friend's Wedding, yeah. which has a different motivate, but there's a lot more kind of open scenes in there where there's, slapstick kind of silly things that they do to try and get one over in each other and I, th I think there are films that are more obvious about being like we're here to make you laugh yeah. in a way that's a joke whereas this is kind of I think a lot of it sounds silly to say you have to have been there or, or some of it is is relatable comedy rather than just looking and going <laughs> I think the closest thing we've had where it's a romantic thing is probably something like Freeman and a Little Lady. Yeah. Where it's Great fun. you're waiting for like a man and a woman to get where they won't they sort of thing. Yeah. That's probably the closest thing we've done. Which just makes me think this hasn't got an antagonist as such, is it? No. Usually like a romantic comedy, there's always like one person likes somebody and that person's dating somebody else. Oh yeah, interesting. What about Ira maybe? The, but, um, you know, the, the ex-wife and his, uh, her new husband. But yeah, but there's no one really in it for a long period of time, are they? Only yeah. Like, it's maybe a scene or two. Yeah, all... she's like a ghost that hangs over rather than yeah. a big a big bad. Um, I suppose, like, because I, I, I listened to your episode about Superman 2 that you did with Simon, and, and the romantic element of, of Superman 2 is kind of the enemy of that. Is the fact that Superman has all these villains he's got to fight as well. So there's kind of, does he choose yeah. the love of his life or does he choose battering some people from his home planet? I know which one I'd choose, but it's um, but even then he's got to make the choice, and that's the point of that, that film. He he has to make a choice, and here the choice is kind of the two of them. Do they get together? And it's the choice between the two of them thinking about it. Whereas, you know, there's normally someone else, or there's a situation where, you know, oh, I've been sent to California and I've got to go and work there, and they get over their differences somehow but yeah it's a it's a bit more of a slow burn here so shall we rate the film yes. so this is where we rate the film now how we judge a film don't know if you know about this is we rate it out of five five doesn't mean it's a, it's the greatest film ever because well the five star films we kind of do we always say it's it's in its genre or what it's aiming to do it's as good as you're going to get so we've had a few about a five star we've had uh, Mrs Doubtfire um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit was one yes. um, Muppets Christmas Carol yes um, Terminator 2 was one. Oh yes yes because we're kind of like how do you improve it so that's how we kind of rate it yeah, anything we sort of say like three and above is like a recommendation our highest rated films are those our lowest rated films are Supergirl and Beetlejuice Okay. Which Wait, if, reasons. But... Yeah, Harry. Uh, if it was up to Harry, Beetlejuice would be the worst. I would be yeah. a one. I'd um, be a zero, but I. And to not. be honest, I I wasn't a huge fan of Beetlejuice, and then Harry picked up on a lot of stuff that I never even 
Like he's because obviously the, the Joe Val podcast is whether something ages as well. Because yeah. from my point of view, I'll watch back, especially a film I haven't seen for years. But it's whether Harry on Fresh Eyes even relates to it in the same way. I can notice that because like Beetlejuice is meant. How long has Beetlejuice been dead for? Like years. Yeah, yeah. He's probably about thirty something. No, I think he's meant to be older than that. I think like, he's meant to be like forties or fifties as a cat. Like, as that, he feels like thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, his his issue was is that but Beetlejuice is hitting on Winona Ryder's character. I'm trying to marry. He's meant. He's a high school kid, basically. Wow. And it, yeah. straight away he was like, "Well, that's inappropriate." Yeah. He's he should, he should marry a 13-year-old girl. She might be a little bit older, but yeah, either way, it's not right. Like 14 to 13. So he, he's got a big issue with Beetlejuice. I would make it a <laughs> It didn't help we watched it in the same sort of spell as we watched um, Drop Dead Fred. Oh, we love I love Drop Dead Fred. Well, <laughs> and Harry's I heard your podcast on that. That was such a good episode. You well, guys yeah, appreciated he... it in a way that so many people don't. I think he did... He expected Beetlejuice to be similar, that sort of like wacky sort of craziness, and it's not. He's only in for about fifty minutes. Like, I don't even think the fact he's not in it a lot. I think if he's been in Beetlejuice more and was, like you said, was a bit more zany and stuff, it'd have been a lot more fun. The film's name last him, but he's only in for what? I think it's like thirteen minutes or something stupid, isn't it? Yeah. So anyway, we shall move on to this. So Harry, you always go first with the ratings. Not going to give this. I'm just gonna get a three. Oh, okay. And you you both get to rate it separately. So who wants to go first? Cat, you can go first. That's your okay, well, I, yeah. uh, I think for, for what it's trying to do for its genre, I think I have to give this one five. Interesting. And Rich? Um, I, I think, again, for, for what it is, it's a five. I think from a comedy point of view, and I'm thinking kind of in the way that Harry looks at it, it's not necessarily that kind of laugh out loud comedy. I mean, I mean yeah. if you compare this to Drop Dead Fred, I mean, if, I, if I'm in the mood for a laugh, I'll stick Drop Dead Fred on any day of the week. Um, this is a better film than Drop Dead Fred, but Drop Dead Fred will oh, change. <laughs> yeah, I disagree with that, but but um, no, I don't think there are any jokes in in here about cobwebs or things like that. So uh, yes, okay. you said this is car bodies. This, um, this is. I'll be honest. Before I watch this, well, I thought I was going to rate it a five. I'll be honest, um, but I'm probably going to give it a four. I do think it's brilliant. I'll give it a. Um, but I, I think I thought it was funnier than it was. I haven't watched this for years either. Um, gives it a quick maps four point two five overall, which which is fair, That's I would cool. say. So where does that put it in your rankings? What what sort of similar to a four point two five in in your list? Well, our, our list is crazy because of if we have a guest on them, they really love a film and we don't, it always throws it. And <laughs> oh, um, so it puts it around Adam's Family, yeah, um, E.T., Hook, Ocean's Eleven, E.T., Go Home, the original Top Gun, oh, classic, um, the sequels, Batters, Great, uh, The Great Outdoors, um, Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's a film. So that's where it puts it. So it's in good company, in fairness. Yeah. Top Gun Raiders Lost Ark and when Harry met Sally, that's um that's a triple bill I'd like to see. I do and think as well that I think Harry's theory that they might get divorced is quite is quite strong. I think it's I I think there's a lot to think about there. I think, you think they'd I have kids. I don't think they'd have kids. They might not. It's strange well, for friends of kids. Yeah, because he's he's already divorced, and I think she had the moment when she broke up with the boyfriend, where yeah. uh, she was sad about not necessarily not having kids, but the fact that they wanted different things, and um, she said she cried when when her friend's daughter said something about I Spy Family, um, but you just kind of think like, I don't know, maybe, maybe there'll be one of those couples who would be better off without kids. I don't know. But um, maybe, maybe their, their needs are different. 
Love you, Charlton. My podcast wouldn't work without you, mate. I'd have to use your brother. You don't want kids, do you? Yeah, but he's, I can still mould him. He's only seven. God. And what would I call it? Because he's called Oliver. Oliver make movies. It doesn't work. Please, sir, I want some more. Mm. Yeah, but that doesn't relate to movies in the same way, does it? True. When Oliver met Dad's old childhood. He don't even want to watch Jurassic Park. 30. That's all he ever wants to watch. That's like 39 or something. I'm not 39, I'm 43. <laughs> Usually you say I'm 68. <laughs> I'll so actually, I'll take 39. He does generally quite ask me to we're filling things in black and white when you were younger. I do not say And I don't that. just think he think means films, I think he just means life in general. <laughs> oh, Casablanca was real, wasn't it? But uh, weirdly, I, I watched When Harry Met Sally um, at New Year, because I, I usually do, and I hadn't seen Casablanca uh, before and I watched it after the, this time and um, that that's a film that was, I think that came out in 42 43 maybe it's very interesting to see going back and, and looking at that and obviously being set in the second world war and things like that and seeing take on that would be a, a interesting yeah we one. Have, I think the oldest film we've done would be would be the original Planet of the Apes. Yeah, we watched that in a hotel room. Yeah, when we went to Harry Potter studio tour, uh, we always take a DVD play and take DVDs so we can watch films. Um, they asked us if it was a console. What? They asked us if it was a console. I remember when we went. Oh yeah, because we had to put it through a scanner. They wondered yeah. what it was. Um, but yeah, that's probably the old film. I do want to do like a spell where we do like older films again, sort of like because even though the idea of Podcast is films I watched as a kid, but there is films I watched as a kid that were older than Planet of the Apes. Wizard of Oz is probably a really obvious one. Because that's on all the time when I was a kid. That Mary Poppins and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, but Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is quite scary for you. What's that? It's got quite a scary character in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, that's all. Is it a song? Yeah, it is a song, yeah. Hmm. So I think films like When Harry Met Sally and other New York ones really got me into the idea of diners when I was younger. I don't know what you guys think, but, you know, the thing of, like, some these all-night diners that you go in and you order apple pie and you say, I want strawberry ice cream, not vanilla, and it's just... The the, the food always seemed so glamorous well, to me. Looks well better than it probably actually is in a diner. Yeah. <laughs> like a wimpy. Yeah, yeah. like a wimpy. Yeah. <laughs> Ask your mum about wimpy. Why? Well, Will she kill you if I... No, she loves wimpy. There is actually one not far from here. And apparently there's one where she's from Stafford originally. Apparently there's one that way still. There's still, st- still a couple down here. Still going somehow. Where's the wimpy? There's one in Birkenhead. What is a wimpy? Um, it is, it's like a posh McDonald's. <laughs> um, you, you get, get a, a knife plate. and fork. You get a plate and a knife and fork. But basically just, it's just like burger and chips and stuff like that. When, where are we going to go? I don't know. Just take mum for her birthday. Take your mum to Wimpy for her birthday. Yeah. I think I had a birthday at Wimpy when I was eight or nine. So, um, yeah, they, they do the yeah, parties. And then the, the, then the Mr Wimpy character would come out and all the kids would run and beat him up. So maybe that's just where I grew up. <laughs> Probably wouldn't work in that if you've never been. Mm. Surprised there's still one there. Um, so, your podcast. Um, what what you got coming up for? I know you do seasons, don't you? Yeah, we're, we're kind of, um, we, we normally do them quite sort of groups of, of 10 or so. We, we spread this one out a little bit more. We're, uh, we've, we've done, we're halfway through our, our third full series at the moment and uh, we're looking at doing a couple more. So I guess if by the time this one comes out, we'll hopefully have had Groundhog Day and um, Sleepless in Seattle done around, around February, Valentine's time anyway. Um, I mean, go, going back, we we did a couple over Christmas and one for the World Cup, James Bond and things like that. But yeah, we last year we did a couple of Valentine's ones. We did My Best Friend's Wedding and Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind just to kind of mix it up a little bit. But um, yeah, Groundhog Day is coming, which uh, will be a good one. I think I would have been around Harry's age when that came out. And um, yeah, uh, Sleepless in Seattle, Meg Ryan again, and uh, Tom Hanks, really. So uh and set a Valentine's Day in 
Well, I don't. I can't remember the film, but that was that ended in New York, didn't it? Yeah. Yes. 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 Okay. Yes, and it's by written by Nora Ephron, who also wrote When Harry Met Sally. So same same writer. Yeah, and I think you can tell. Yeah. It's got like a similar feel, isn't it? Yeah. What? So, what are your favourite films? I know, like, I don't think you can. I don't. I always say not the greatest because you might say you know like people would say like The Godfather or something like that probably, but I always say you wouldn't. Or people say like Shawshank Redemption. You're like, yeah, but you're not going to put that on and watch it every week, are you? You'd be incredibly depressed for the rest of your life if you watched that every week, sort of thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Like one of my favourite films is Rocky Four because I can, I've probably watched it more than any other film. Classic, one of the greatest movies of all time. That is, I'd, I'd say one of that's one one of my favourites probably. Um, that or um, Superman, Die Hard, um, some of the Roger Moore Bond films. In fact, most of the Bond films, I'll stick them on, even if you're sort of like. Halfway through, and they come on an ITV4. Do that, and I'll, I'll stick till the end of that. No, but I've listened. But in my music class, we had to redo for new Bond film trailer. Is it Time to Die or something? Yeah. We had to do the trailer, so I've seen that. That's all I've seen of Bond. Yeah, he's never watched a Bond film. I'm a typical, um, what is it like? What's Bond's number again? 007. But like, because like, basically in one of my science class, they have like, these like funny jokes on their thing. I was, my name's Bond, double Bond. And that's, I, I sit right in front of it, so it's always in my head. <laughs> so I mean, it's double, is it zero, one, four or something? It's just double Bond. We did an episode, yeah, we did an episode on West Side Story, which was definitely one of my favourite films when I was Harry's age. And, you know, the original one. Two, yeah, the original ones. About two boring gangs in New York and there's really amazing dancing and um, it's very thrilling and, yeah, great songs. I love all of that kind of thing. Um, Such a Romeo and Juliet book. You must have heard of that. No, I have not heard that very famous book. Which has been adapted thousands of times. Will be teached into my school and has a known version, which I've watched. Like, oh, yeah, you've watched the known version. <laughs> Another one. Go on. Another one of my favourites is um, a film called The Commitments from, I think that's 1991, about a soul band in Dublin. Yeah, yeah I love that film. It's so funny. It's a good film. Are you going to watch it? Yeah, possibly. Oh, sorry. Is it? It's very much, um, it's definitely a film I watched as a kid. I also, I think it was one of those films I watched when I was younger more because of the music. Because the music is quite, Great. it's a massive thing of it, isn't it? Yeah. The music is probably, like if you covered it, it'd probably be a relationship between the music and people and it sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, that's like the main thing. It's about a band, basically. Oh. But, no, it's a good film. You'd enjoy it, I think. That's one of the ones where the soundtrack's a big thing. Um, and yeah, I, I, I grew up in a mostly Irish household, so that was quite a popular, popular one yeah. amongst my family. So yeah, I think it was the one. first CD I bought, you know, wow. <laughs> the soundtrack to the commitments. My first CD was uh, Michael Jackson, Dangerous. I think, pretty sure, something like that. Mine was the soundtrack to Wayne's World 2. Oh, good choice. Yeah. <laughs> It's always soundtracks. You don't buy CDs, do you? Because you've never had to. <laughs> he wants a VHS. Simon, okay. Simon Brew offered him a VHS if he could get a, a way of playing some playing it. But yeah, it's 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 fun going back and watching them. I've got I've, I've still got a couple of tapes. I have to borrow my my neighbour has a VHS player, so I borrow hers when she's on holiday. I convert them all onto onto digital which is ridiculous because i've got like the original star wars films on vhs which i then converted onto digital and suddenly realized well, i've got disney i can watch them in super duper hd whatever <laughs> but um it's not the same without the trailers and without all the other bits i just want the, like i just want the little cassettes they always look cool i think cool's a stretch but <laughs> You can buy like lamps and lights that are built out of old VHS cassettes. I think if, if you go online and look, they've got like classic films. I, I can't remember which ones off the top of my head, but they've got ones where they've put a little light inside the cassette. They've removed the tape 
but the, the shell is there, so it looks like a VHS tape. And they've got a little lamp yeah. in them. So uh, yeah, a bit late for Christmas, but... Uh, it's birthdays in April, so... Oh, there you go. Sorry. It's all right. We always struggle to find things of it. So what films have you watched recently that you've enjoyed or what are you looking forward to that's coming out? Um, I, I've been on a bit of a binge of, of old films um, recently. I think... Um, trying to catch up with stuff, a lot of films, especially like doing this podcast and and, and sitting down with Kat and talking about what films we liked as, as we were younger. And, you know, I always ended up watching yeah, Star Wars for the 500th time rather than watch something new. Um, you know, and then the last couple of months, you know, I've watched Casablanca, um, Some Like It Hot, which I saw for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, really sort of old classic sort of Marilyn Monroe films or Gentlemen Prefer Blondes as well as old films, but then as, as new ones. And I guess one that sits very much in our world is uh, Banshees of Inisherin, which is about, it's the friendship between two guys in, in old Ireland about 100 years ago. And it's a new film. It's set 100 years ago in, in Ireland. And it's all about a friendship and how the friendship changes and it's on disney obviously because that's where all the the things go but it's a very heavy comedy if that makes sense it's yeah. um it's, it's a hard watch but there are some very very funny parts of it strongly recommended oh yeah i love that film it's so good i've seen it twice now so already um. Yeah, I saw a film called Official Competition a couple of months ago, which I thought was really funny and really good. It had um, Penelope Cruz in it. Um, so I'd definitely recommend that. I thought that was a really, a really good one. And, um, yeah, the other night I, I watched for the first time in, in, in many, many years, uh, I watched Shot in the Dark, which is uh, the Peter Sellers uh, Pink Panther film from... Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, which is which is so funny. It's really like so much amazing slapstick in that film. Really great Blake Edwards movie. I you know definitely would recommend it if if you need a laugh on a on a winter's evening. So it's a good one. I love to get winter every single day. So yeah, we live in England. It's always cold. <laughs> There's after sun if you need something a bit of a. Yeah, that, that's a hard watch. But uh, a guy and his daughter go on a holiday in the sort of late nineties. Um, I think they go to Turkey, and um, yeah, that was a, a emotional watch. <laughs> Even uh, but yeah, it was sunny. I suppose that that's some way of, of lifting the winter gloom. A really fantastic film from last year that I watched was um, one called "The Worst Person in the World," which um, could be a contender for one that we do on our podcast in future. Yeah, heard of it? I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really kind of um, unusual, but very funny and inventive romantic comedy, but very um, sort of takes apart what a normal romantic comedy would be and kind of, um, yeah, makes it into something completely different. So, yeah, it's just really, yeah, really innovative. So I definitely recommend that one. What um, episodes of your podcast would you re recommend people to listen to? Oh, I get asked this all the time about us. I was just intrigued. Just normal off those couple episodes. Yeah, we've also sort avoid the first couple. Oh my boys! I think we we were quite fortunate, I suppose. I mean, our, our first couple of episodes, they, they they did sound different because we were still working out how we were doing them, uh, and obviously we we'd done podcasts before, so. Tech, from a sound, uh, you know, when, when I first started doing podcasts, the sound was appalling, absolutely horrible, unlistenable stuff. And um, and and at this point, when we started doing our podcast, it sounded absolutely fine, but we were still working out how were we going to do it, what what sort of questions were we asking, what sort of things were we looking at. So I think it took us a little bit to kind of get into the rhythm of things. But I mean, I think by the time we started doing our Christmas episodes the first year we were doing them. I think mean, we did one about, I mean, we did nearly two hours of love, actually. That was quite a hard slog, but um, yeah, the, the apartment and Die Hard, I think were, were two that we did that I, I, I kind of think were kind of good examples of what we look at. I think Die Hard is, there wasn't a romantic, well, the, the romantic relationship in there was quite small and it was around, 
Bruce Willis and, and the other characters. And then the apartment was kind of looking on, on a different side about a romantic relationship and, and a kind of almost a third wheel in there. So I kind of think as those, those two, we kind of got into, I would say, say get into our stride a little bit, but we'd done a few and we were confident in what we were doing and they were great films. Um, and I think they were, yes, they're Christmas themed, but I think they're universal. You listen to them all year round, I think. Hmm. That always raises that debate on Christmas, doesn't it? Okay. <laughs> I think we answered it. Yeah, we did another one around that time on The Thin Man from 1934, and we had a guest who is a composer called Paul Abbott. And that one was quite fun as well because both Rich and I hadn't seen it before. So we were both being introduced to it for the first time, and that's a kind of crime caper. And it's always quite good to look at movies that are made, you know, quite, you know, it's dating all the way back to the beginning of the 30s and just to see how uh, much influence a movie like that can have on, you know, on some of the, the comedy movies or romantic comedy movies that are to come. So, yeah, I think I think we both found that one quite educational, didn't we, Rich? Yeah. I don't know if, um, if you got around to seeing Spaceballs yet. No, it's on the list, though. Is yeah. <laughs> well, we did, we did um, It Happened One Night which is a 34 film of Clark Gable in it. And there's, and of course, because I saw Spaceballs hundreds of times when I was younger, and when it's all, it happened one night, there's a very big parallel between that, which won all, I think it was the first film that won all the big Oscars. And the next one after that, that won all the big Oscars, I think was Silence of the Lambs. There was that bigger gap. And I watched it and all I could think of, ah, Spaceballs. Because so, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a simpleton. But it's, um, but yeah, if, uh, if, if you get around to watching Spaceballs and you get around to watching that, that's um, that was a fun little link. And, uh, you know, I don't think I'd seen many films from the 30s growing up. My my dad was very much into getting me to watch Clint Eastwood and John Wayne films because they, the, they were the films of his younger days. So, uh, yeah, that was that was my like, kind of education. Like, are you forced to watch films? Do you watch them? I don't force you. True. I think you've enjoyed most of them. Yeah, you force me to watch pick out of 114 films yeah but at the moment it's got a, like a hundred about 114 posters on it and he just has to pick them based on the poster but i said that's how we picked them when we went to the video store and stuff like that you should make a blockbuster you would just look at it and go if you had, if the one you went in to get was out which is always what happened yeah you would just have to just look at like the, the dvd or whatever video video whatever it was and go oh that one looks yeah. all right and sometimes yeah. they're great, and sometimes they're awful. <laughs> and if they're awful, you're stuck, stuck with them for a weekend. Yeah, you were literally judging them by their covers. I think that was how I first watched Predator when I was about nine. Was my dad when you you like Schwarzenegger, didn't you? And yeah, uh, yeah I was nine, and it was completely inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah, Harry, what's a... your favourite film? <laughs> it's it's a tie now. It's between Matilda. New music, the new musical film, or or Miss Doubtfire. Oh, I was, I thought you were going to say Avatar. Oh yeah, oh, this oh Avatar. Those three films, I just love. Yeah, I really like a musical too. Yeah. Have you seen the Matilda? I haven't. I really should though. I want to. We've seen. We've actually seen the musical. We went to the musical like it's a few a lot years. And um, funny <laughs> enough, we're talking about to Simon Brewer because he just interviewed the director. Um, and he said, "Oh, you're going to really like it if you like the musical." And it oh, it's it is really good. Is, it, they, the five is a bit too long. They've managed to get a musical and make it feel like it's still a musical off the stage, but with yeah. but use the benefit of yeah. not having a stage, so they can make everything more elaborate. But it still has that sort of feel of it. I could not sit down. What Avatar is long. Yeah, Avatar is long. But I feel like until it's it's quick. Never yeah, Matilda's very fast paced. It's like just under two hours and it doesn't stop. Yeah. And whereas Avatar's like three hours and yeah, I can't wait to watch the sequel. As I said, I'm not going to cinema to watch a three and a half hour film. <laughs> a long time, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is a long time. Yeah. Although I remember seeing Mrs. Doubtfire at the cinema, and uh, that that was quite amusing. I, I don't think I've seen it since, funnily enough, but. Uh, yeah, that was that was good. Nice, uh, Pierce Brosnan. 
classic. Oh, really fun, yeah. We did um we did an episode of Mrs. Doubtfire with sequel pitch where they had to pitch for sequels. Mm. <laughs> and they hated us, I think, for picking that film. It didn't. <laughs> it? Did, yeah. How, how did that pan out? No, it's fair. They picked two. They they did two pitches, and I both of them were decent. To be fair, I still both of them were smart. Because I said you can, you got. I said you can have a choice. You can have a follow it on as if Robin Williams is still alive, or you can do what you want. And they both picked to do what they want and set it now and used his daughter, <laughs> copying what his her dad did to the, in another situation. Still on what yeah. like, your Facebook and stuff. Yeah, and then he had to open to the poster. Pretty sure somewhere. But um, should we wrap it up? And yeah, and um, we just like to say thanks for coming on. Where can everyone see catch you? Uh, you're on all social media, aren't you? And yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah. So we're at um dywm podcast. That's on Instagram and Twitter, and I'm at Kitty Stanza on Twitter and Instagram as well. Yeah, no, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Fantana275. It's mostly pictures of my dog and football, but uh, occasionally some other bits too. But um, yeah, we're, we're on there quite a lot. We're sort of sharing things about our, our favourite films that we may do someday. We've already done ones that we're enjoying at the moment that, that sit in our little niche part of film podcasting. Yeah, I would encourage people to check out yeah. your podcast. It is quite good. It's it's a... Like I say, it's different. Like you said at the beginning, it's, it's there's a lot of podcasts out there, so especially a lot of film ones. Um, so it's quite nice. It's I, I quite like the fact it's a bit different, and I and I always try and find podcasts that are because you listen to loads of review ones. Yeah, it sounds terrible, but the big, you know, the mainstream ones do that just as, as good because they get earlier access and stuff like that. So actually, it's quite nice when you find yeah you know, different little niches of podcasts. So yes, um, thank you very much for coming on. Um, it's thank been you no? Yeah, really love your podcast. It's fantastic. It's just a way of uh, making sure he doesn't sit on his Xbox all day. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a whole different <laughs> podcast. Now and again, Harry will say to me, oh, when, he, when he's older, he wants to be a content creator. And I was like, you already are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. completely. completely. <laughs> so he's already like a step there on his CV. Yeah, and when you get on you when you get on YouTube, you can start selling your overpriced sports drinks and things like that. You'll be a YouTuber. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Just come up with a sports drink, and then we'll only release one pack a year and make people spend a fortune on it. People, people do sometimes do that. You know, you're not bothered with Prime, are you? The drink. No, because I don't. I have the only real social media platforms I have is YouTube and TikTok. And TikTok, I barely use. I used to have Instagram, but I don't. I never used it. I never had Facebook or anything like that. Yeah, you're not missing much, right? It's like <laughs> I've never really grown up with Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, you're not missing much. You're probably better off it. So like that's probably why I'm not into like all the new like hip cool things. I'm like, don't really think they're that like, cool. Okay, you just miss energy a lot. Like, but just like when I was younger, people were really into like football stickers. Yeah. Yeah, Some of us still are. <laughs> when it was Pokemon cards, when it was punks. Uh, I know. So. Yeah, like, oh yeah, there's this new energy that really cost £20, like, that small. Like, yeah. Stop at the point of energy drink, which is that small. It cost £20. So there you go. There's, there's Harry's beliefs on yeah. following trends. I don't know. <laughs> right, we shall say bye and let you all go. Thanks very much for coming on. Oh, thanks so yes, much guys. for having Thank us. Thank you. Love to meet you. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.